their How do you feel about the cancel culture? Yeah, they found him guilty of shooting in both their feet. <laughs> Shot both their feet? Yeah. Are we rolling? I'm so glad we're rolling. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, please go adopt um, if you can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> he goes, say it one more fucking time. Bro, I look at him and I go, dude, he's going to kill me. This is broad daylight. Everybody's watching this guy right now. Does anyone eat this stuff just on air? <sighs> this is the second time we've ever done this. We do an see, ASMR segment. Love that. I got I got some energy drinks. ASMR yeah. segment. You have to crunch into the mic. Yeah, I have that condition. I think it's called mesophilia or whatever, where chewing it oh. like triggers me. Oh yeah. It's like I'm a Vietnam War vet, and I'll just fucking start <laughs> snapping nets. Oh, you don't like people when they chew loud? No, it's a big thing. My it, sister's like that. Guzzling water, it, it triggers me. Water? Yeah, like I was in fucking Vietnam. I go crazy. Wait. It's not good. <laughs> Wait. Are we rolling? I'm so glad we're rolling. (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm fixing my mic right now. I am very, very excited. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm recording because every time I'm really excited. Okay, we are recording. Um, I'm here with Thick Boy, Brendan Schaub, the man who's on every single podcast known to man. He's mastered it like a ninja. He's on stages left and right doing stand-up. He'll also take your girl and beat your ass. This is the best intro I've ever given. Yeah, I'll this take is- it, dude. Is- <laughs> I need to come around here more often. <laughs> no, forget please, ther- bro. Forget therapy. Are you cheaper than $200 an hour? Dude, I'll pay you $200 yeah, an hour. Yeah, I'm in, dude. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This is um my eighth or seventh episode, and and um I was literally, before you got in here, I, I was like just going on about how grateful I am because I get, my, my line of work, I got blessed with doors opening up quicker than I think uh, I deserved. And now I'm on under 10 episodes and I have people at your status on my podcast and it's, it's a blessing. So I just wanted to say thank you. For no, being of course, here. man. Yeah. Right when they brought your name up, I was like, yeah, you know why? And the reason why everyone uh, fucks with you is because you're a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a good person. So I appreciate yeah, that. Assholes don't get very far. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I can't be an asshole, especially to people like you, because then you could just fuck me up. I <laughs> wish I was meaner, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I want to get into this, bro. Along. I'd I, be further along in my career. How, how I do uh, my, my version of the podcast is I like to go a little a little deeper. I had a great conversation with your brother, the kid, you know, uh, yes. and, and it was my much, much older brother, much older yes. brother. But his spirit is young, bro. His spirit is very young. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. but yesterday I had I had like I got to see the older dad version of him, like how he thinks when it comes to his kids and his like his theology of life and how he he coordinates his decisions and very wise, very wise. He's one of the smartest people I know. Yeah, I can tell. Ryan's a beast. You, I, I get jealous of your crew. Really, I get jealous of your crew because I think that you guys have mastered uh, elevating each other elegantly and not uh, overboard, but also you guys support each other in a loving way when it comes to like. No one's upset who's going faster, who's going slower. And I think mm. it's just that manhood. Like, I think in, in my uh, lane right now, they're, they're in their 20s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so everybody's still young and like their mindset is young and the way they, uh, they coordinate their decisions isn't at their, like, I mean, obviously people like Logan is different. They're coordinating at like a, a weird level of like Correct. intelligence. He's moving at a different level. Exactly. Yeah. Mike, I'm blessed because he, he, he came from the streets. So he has that street smart. So he's also older too. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I have been, there is people in my life that I, I, I pick their, uh, their brains and I, and I get a lot of wisdom from them. As far as the crew, yeah, it's like this, uh, you know, it's a group of guys, but the, the younger crew can, your crew can learn from it. It's like, what's good for Brian or good for Theo or good for Delia is good for everyone. Like the, mm-hmm. the you know, the, the boat rises together. Yeah. Like just because whoever Chris is killing it doesn't take away from me. 
you know? Yeah. And I think comics especially, or podcasts, where comics especially think, oh, that guy, whatever. You know, he's selling more tickets because of this, and it's a reflection on themselves. Like, it has nothing to do with you, man. 100%. There's enough tickets out there for everyone. Yep. Um, How do you deal with... Because I could ask anybody who sits in that chair and be like, how do you deal with the hate? How do you deal with people attacking your character? Because when you're... I just learned this because I got to a certain level in my life where people will portray me to be something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And especially who's somebody who works on his character a lot, it is very suffocating to be like, whoa, I would even make those decisions behind closed doors and you guys are publicly saying I would and that's like crazy for my heart. Now, I'm George Janko, the guy who's like preaching Jesus all the time. I'm not a guy who could like run up on you and fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what does that do to you knowing that you're reading this shit and you're like, I could kill you. As far as like criticism or like hate? Just like people in the industry, one, we won't mention people's names, but people in the industry that come after you when you're, because I realize how this industry works. It's a good thing. When they when they hit at you, it's when the momentum's already going down. So they're trying to even make it go faster. Yes. And I realized that I've, I've had like people make YouTube videos on me and do all these crazy things, but the truth always comes out. And so I'm very safe in you that. You can't worry about that stuff because uh, it's not real. Because, and I got this quote from uh, Bilal Muhammad, who's a fantastic UFC fighter in the welterweight division. Great. He put, when the hate doesn't work, they tell lies. So for, since I've started in comedy, because I came from a different path, right? I didn't come from open mics. I came from, you know, I had a, a fan base from the UFC and then started in a different, you know, my, my open mics were sold out Brea, sold Chicago theater, like these giant venues, which for comics who come from those open mics, it, you know, I'm certain can make them feel a certain way. I totally understand. I expected that. You brought your own audience. I get it. Yeah. I 100% get it. I'm like, man, that's, I, if I could help you, which is why I help so many comics. Like I realized I, I was fortunate enough to not go through what you guys had to, but mm-hmm. my journey was different and yeah. it was not easy. You still earned it. Oh yeah. It was you not easy. It. So it's like, but my way of showing, you know, how grateful I am and gratitude is by helping other comics. So the last two comics who have opened up for me, Chappelle Lacey, David Lucas, both headline now. So that's how I give back, you know. So I expect that stuff and I get it. As far as the hate goes, if it's online, YouTube, like I said, once the hate doesn't work, they have to make up lies. So it's so ridiculous what to say to try to, you know, for whatever reason, get clicks or views I, I, when I tell you this, and I'm sure you've had people on there say, well, I don't read comments. I'm telling you, I don't see any of it. You don't. I don't deal with any of it. I just I, I started doing com- that this week. Com- why would you put your, why would you because give attention I wanted, or energy? I, I wanted to, uh, to, to, to scale my performance. So, for example, if I'm on Impulsive and I, and I got added on uh, as a third member two years or three years after the show has already been successful, when I came on, I was, I, I was reading a lot of love and it was great, but there was also like some hate. If it got to me, it's because it, 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 it stood out to my own heart without them even saying it to me. For example, one of them is like, why does he swear so much if he's trying to be a Christian? That gets to me because I, I like, I'm like, damn, they're right. I should like try to cool off. So I do it in that type of sense where I read and I'm very critical to myself. I just can't stomach the ones that make up their own version of me. And but I'm that like, an, it's only get worse, brother. Oh, You're okay. just getting started. Yeah. It's only get worse. Sometimes I read stuff by myself. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. Does it ever They're affect just crazy, your, your, your relationships between your loved ones or like? No, they know the game. Like, okay. and they know how crazy and sick people are. And then, you know, there's certain haters where it's almost a weird, like, obsession. Like, they know more stuff about me than, I'm, I mean, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. And so, this, so it's weird because they're like the ultimate hater, but they have to be obsessed with me to keep continuing to do this stuff. 
So it's a weird way of love. But also, if you're not getting hate, you're not doing anything right, dude. Because you're not outside your own bubble. You're not outside your own bubble, but then also you ain't doing shit. Mm-hmm. Like, name anybody. Na- anybody. Like, Drake puts out an album. Nobody's bigger than Drake. Drake puts out an album. Go read his comments. Yeah, yeah. and he gets, he gets hate. All the hate. You would be like, oh, I bet this guy doesn't make any money. How's he even going to continue to do this? Yeah. It's not real. That, those, that stuff's not real, dude. You have so much more love than hate. So if you're going to focus on that hate, you're going down a dicey road, man. Because then you can come on here and you'd be real self-conscious. Yeah, I was. That. I was. Oh, it fucked you're like, my oh, mind yeah. up, bro. It's, Every, it's, as a creative, it's it not good. It made me second guess everything I was saying. Can't have it. You can't have it. You yeah. can't have it. You won't make it, dude. If you read that stuff, it's you're literally gonna you're gonna be censoring yourself to what to this the guy's probably you know doesn't have a job probably living in his mom's basement. You come to a bitch, oh I whatever I cuss too much, okay, okay or whatever they're saying. Oh I don't like when George you know makes a reference about this. Then you're like oh you're be self conscious about making the reference, and then we're not getting the real George. It sucks. Oh this is that's why you can't read it because it's gonna form your mind and it's not gonna be your authentic self. Yeah, and this people that fuck with you are gonna fuck with you. Whether you're making, whether you're cussing, whether you're making references or whatever, and those haters, there's nothing you can do to please them. Trust me, there's nothing you can do to win them over. So why would you, why would you parlay or take it over to them? Why would you make sure that you you want to make them happy? It's never gonna work, dude. It's it's insanity. I I was reflecting on these conversations with uh, Tanner Fox. He's just, uh, he does like scootering and like he drives really fast cars. He's, he he blew up at a very young age. He like made his first million at 16 and like. We were talking about the industry and the comments and all this stuff. And I told him, I go, as stupid as it sounds, but this industry feels like high school. Correct. It feels like high school. Where they want to pick, but now it's hot, to not to interrupt you, but it's high school where they're going to pick on the popular kid. Mm-hmm. Let's take down the popular kid because they don't like, for whatever reason, it triggers them that you're friends with Logan or I'm sure you get this all the time. Only reason he has anything is because of Logan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true. You're a talented dude. You wouldn't have even been in that situation to be around Logan and get on his podcast if you weren't a talented human being and a good person. Mm. Oh, I appreciate it. So that. any of this, I wouldn't be here if you weren't a good person. I'm all set on podcast, dude. Yeah. I, know no, I can tell. I need another podcast. Like I need STD. You feel me? <laughs> like, I'm good. No, I'm I, was, good. I was actually really, really excited to have you boys on. And, uh, and, and not for nothing, I, I think on this podcast, I'm going to be at my ultimate authentic self and just be as vulnerable as I can because I think that's where I could actually do something with my life. And uh, I, I was just telling them, and I'll tell this on camera, like um, having Joe on and you boys on only scaled me. So when I go and I ask, hey, would you guys like to be on my podcast? I have so-and-so on, I have so-and-so on. It intrigues the shit out of them. They're like, oh, shit. Under 10 episodes, he's already having these people on. This is really incredible. And so now my lineup is like, before I started this podcast, I wasn't making it a guest podcast. Yeah. Because I was scared of asking a guest. Yeah. I was scared people were going to be like, no, nah, I don't want to be on yours. I wanna, I'd rather be on Impulsive. Yep. But then I'm having people that I look up to hitting me up to be on the show. And I'm like, what, what is life? Again, That's it crazy. all goes back to you being a good person. Like, if you're an asshole, no one's going to do this. Nobody. That's... I mean, I'm, I, I wasn't doing it to get that, that stuff, but it, I'm glad that uh, my heart kind of like got yeah. got paid for yeah, being good. Nobody has time for assholes, especially in this business, man. There's enough of them online. How do you feel? Have you ever worked with an asshole? Like, like oh, yeah. where, like, do you, where, like, for example, I give the uh, the Roseanne reference. You know, like Roseanne, they didn't love each other, right? They actually hated each other. Am I right, Jess? Am I? 
so they hated each other, but they showed up on set and they had to. Have you ever gone? You don't have to name anybody, but have you ever been like, I want to fucking pump the brakes on this dude? I've never had that just because in my line of business, like when I was working for Showtime, it was about me and I'd be able to, you know, move parts to make sure it was people that I like to work with. And then now, you know, with Thick Boy Studios, my own network, and then the, the goal now with Dalia and Eric Griffin or Fire and Kill with Brian. Fire, it's fire all, show. It's all my stuff. Hmm. So if I don't like somebody, it's like, see ya. Yeah. And how did you get that confidence? Do you think it, did you think it came from like you starting from fighting? Confidence do what? To really just, because bro, like you're in this industry, but like, for example, I've been in this industry for like 10 years and I told everybody this year, I go, this is the year that I found myself. Like I figured this shit out. Like what year did it click for you? You're like, now nah, fuck ever listening to anybody. I'm going to do it exactly how I want to do from it. From day one. From See, day, that's what but, I'm saying. That's also, different. You're different. It's different. But then also think about my, like my, my older brother's Joe Rogan. So you want to let, so he's the godfather. Yeah. Like he, he's the, the end all be all when it comes to podcasts and stand up. So it's like, he doesn't read comments. Why are you reading, why are you reading comments? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't if, read if, comments at all. At all. At all. He posts and goes. That's it. So if if the guy that you look up to is doing something, why wouldn't you do that? It That's doesn't make very sense. True. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jess. Can we put the AC on? It got really hot immediately. Are you we, oh, I'm fine. You sure? Yeah, I'm good, I promise. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll let you know, Jess. Also, too, it's like you get to a certain point by being yourself and people start to like you and start to be intrigued by you because you've had nobody cloud your judgment and you're just literally being your unique self. So of course, yeah, once you start getting all the input from the people, once you start to get popular, then that's just going to change. And if you can avoid that and just literally stay true to like what made you get there in the first place, then that's going to keep you from. But then also if you, you're going to get to a certain level where it's like, not everyone's going to fuck with you, man. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just what it is. Name any, I'd love to hear it. Stand up comedian, podcaster, athlete, entertainer, whoever it is, name someone who's just across the boards beloved. It doesn't work like that in society anymore. So you got to get more. I was about to say, like, there's one person. That Tom Hanks. Think, no. Right now, Tom Hanks. I, 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 do you know who John Ritter is from Three's Company? Oh, yeah. So when I, I grew up watching him, so I learned all my mannerisms from him. And like, Three's that's, Company, That's yeah. where I got my comedy from. And uh, all of the articles about anybody who's worked with him and anybody who was around him, it was my inspiration, bro. Like, they said nothing but unbelievable but remember, about that's him. like, you're talking like late 80s, early 90s, where they could control the media. They, they wouldn't write negative things. Never. Mm. So, and I'm not saying he was a bad guy. We don't, you we don't, don't know, know it. We don't know shit yeah. about him. It's like, I saw a poll where it's like, who would you vote for for president? Tom Hanks was on there and he won the thing. I'm like, listen, I love Tom Hanks. He was great in Forrest Gump. I don't know what the, I don't know shit about that dude. I don't nothing. I don't know what he believes in, yeah. what side he's on, what he represents. I know him as a good actor, but we don't, those big time, like Leonardo DiCaprio, all I know is he's into young chicks. That's it. <laughs> I know he's my favorite. He's one of my favorite actors. Dude doesn't miss. Outside that, I don't know shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. But now podcasts and stand up, like the fans get to know you and you're going to. At a deep level. Yeah. A deep level, which is great because then you have so many people that love you and celebrate you and fuck with you. That's all you care about, dude. Get your fans and fucking ride with them. So you, you only focus on your audience. How do you manage to focus only on your audience and cut through the noise? Like, because there is a lot of love, right? So I, I actually do comment back. I DM on Patreon. I spend literally an hour a day love it. messaging people back. 
those are like obviously anybody who's spending money on you is, is like fucking with you. You'll be level. a real special hater to pay for it and then hate. Yeah, yeah, you'll be a real loser. <laughs> yeah. well, like you know you're. Paying, that, I would rather man. have that hate though, bro. Yeah. Like give me the money it while in. you're hating me. Light me up for five dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, six actually. Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. logged oh, too. Wow. On there. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Oh, my bad. All right. You, uh, Maybe switch that golden doodle out. Get a real one. <laughs> he walked in. He goes, "You got a fake golden doodle." He's shredding, and I was like, first of all, he goes, "Did you?" He goes, did you adopt it? And I go, I go, no, I, I bought it. He goes, hmm, rich move, huh? And I go, yeah, I like my dogs new. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, please go adopt um, if you can't afford it. No, so good. you have a lot going on right now, man. You have like mm -hmm. 10 shows. Like, how are you even balancing all this? Do yeah. you have like a... <laughs> I mean, I have psoriasis <laughs> <laughs> from so much stress. It's well, stressful, man. Like, are you actually... you you? Yeah, I just got it like probably two weeks ago from stress. Oh, no. Oh, I'm no. just not, you know, and I have two kids and they're my life. So it's like trying to balance that with work and then touring and then all the shows. Because I was with Showtime for six years. I was with Showtime for six years, built, you know, helped them build their network, their digital footprint. And then they offered me another long-term deal. I was like, I feel like you can do it on my own. I think it's time to do it on my own. And then I didn't realize what that encompassed. Like, it's mm. it's just a lot. Because you go from being just the straight talent and funny guy or whatever yeah. till operator. to operator boss where you're not Business. just talent. You, it's just not plug and play anymore. Now, Is being a boss a challenge for you? Like Big try, time. Trying to be like hard love on the people you love? Uh, big time. Big time. Because I'm, I'm a lead by example. So yep. I come from sports. So it's like the coach only really or especially in fighting, like I only heard from when I messed up. So that's my personality. But you got to remember not every, like, especially people, these creatives and producers and editors, they're not from my world. So mm -hmm. they need acknowledgement, like doing a great job, which I'm really bad at that. I, Cause I'm from sports. So of course you're supposed to score touchdowns. What do you, what do you think you're here for? Yeah. So yeah, you score touchdowns, but they don't say anything. You throw an interception, you can hear from them. So that's just my mentality. I have so I got to do better. I got to do, do a better job being like great, which I'm getting better at being like, hey, great job today. Does that make you a better father? Because uh, I feel like sometimes you feel like a dad when you're like, for example, like my sister came and she sacrificed her career. She was going up really high in Apple and um, she was already like literally paving her, her future out until I had enough of dealing with scumbags in LA, LA. So I go, hey, like I need you to move out. It's the time, like, I need you to start managing and helping me out yep. and doing stuff. And um, I love that because my brother's my manager. Exactly. So she's my, she's like, she helps coordinate all these things. But when we first started bumping heads, there's like one, we had to get rid of the idea of like we're brother and sister working. Can't have it. Can't have that. And then also it's like, I, for example, like Reed, he, he's like, the way I, I treat him is different than how I treat my girlfriend when we work together versus how I treat uh, Jessica. And I realize now as an adult, I have to be different to each one and coordinate to their feelings and before i grew up watching people that i looked up to and they would always tell me fuck their feelings get it done I and i and i realized that's not the right way to do it because it depends it de I, I agree for the most part it's probably not the right way to do it and you're making a lot of enemies doing it that way 
but I'm, you, you have the same problem as me is I'm too nice where I'll keep people around for so long where, you know, I had to let a person go uh, a few months ago and everybody in my life's like, you got to get rid of that guy. Get rid of, I'm mm-hmm. like, but he's so nice. He's yep. my friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Boundaries and though. You got to set boundaries. I know. I'm really bad at it. So really I, I it. just got, I just got good at it because this is how I saw it. There was somebody that I had in my life that I loved for a very long time. We would do business together and he crossed the line with me. How but, so? Uh, when it, it? so yeah, I could, I can explain it. So I won't mention the name obviously, but I basically put a very good opportunity in front of them. Like so much so that I would have cried if Logan gave me that same opportunity when it came to finances and like all that stuff. Logan, when he came into my life, he goes, I'm going to open the door and that's it. And so I learned from that. That's all you need. That's all you need, right? You need the door. That's all I want. So what I was doing is I was busting my ass for him and I wasn't expecting a damn thing beside giving me the exposure and giving me the time. Perfect. Right? That's how my relationship with him and I, and I would cry myself to sleep being grateful for it. Yep. Because for example, look what I have now, all because he says, no, I like this kid. I want him on my show. Correct. Right. I gave him that plus more, two times more money than I started with. Just because I don't worship money and it's for me to practice not worshiping money. Yep. I like to put money in the pockets of people that I love and have them be fruitful. And all I ask is know that it doesn't come from me. It comes from God. And then two, go out and do the same. Yep. So this is how I try to plant Love my it. garden. Yep. He made it seem like it was insulting what I offered him. Interesting. And that shattered me. Isn't that wild? When you re- realize how bad, like, I don't want to say he's a bad person. I don't know who you're talking about, but same thing. I've given people some opportunities and where it goes south, for whatever reason, they take no ownership of it. And then it's like, oh, he's a bad guy. I'm like, what? I hope, are you kidding me? All the shit I did for you? And then they paid you as the villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, yeah. And then that you I realize would, I like, would want to kill myself over that, bro. I don't How do care. you forget you shouldn't a thousand though. things that you I would do? George, you shouldn't though, because but, you know, you know, you're a good person. Look at all these people. Like, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> you know, you're a good person. So I don't care. It's like, yep, yeah, all right, that's your narrative. You want to run with that? It's like, it's not go that I do care that. This is exactly why you're not here anymore. It's just that you were my brother, you were my sister, you were my cousin in my eyes. So it's like, in my mind, it's like, bro, like, it hurts. I sacrificed mm-hmm. myself for you. When other people in the industry wouldn't sacrifice, they would just give me an opportunity. Yep. There's a difference from giving somebody an opportunity and sacrificing yourself yep. for them. Okay, so I do that, and every time... I lose one person, I lose the other person. I would literally sit here and I would cry to her and I would literally pray out to God and God, open my eyes and heart. If it's me and I'm the piece of shit, correct me. But then all of a sudden my eyes start opening and once that you cross a line with me, what happens then is then I monitor your past behavior. And that's fucked up because I'm very analytic. So if you did something wrong to me and we were friends, I'd forget about it yep. because I don't like holding shit in my heart. No, There's no need for it. You're yeah. a human being. You're going to fuck up and move on, right? But if you get to a level where you cross that line with me and we take that time apart from each other and I sit there quietly and I reminisce with all the things you did to hurt me. You see so, so many com- a common theme. You're like, oh my God, how did I not see this? It's a pattern and not potential. Yes. And I think we do that in every relationship. Mm-hmm. We fall in love with a certain person or a thing and go, well, if he acts like this, then it'll be perfect. Or if she acts like this, then it'll be perfect. You don't like, see the downside. You need to start realizing the pattern. And, and realizing that if this person is not uh, at least, not, I, I don't even ask people, don't try to rocket ship me. I don't need you to be my fuel. No. But I need you to be my friend. Yep. I don't need you to be an anchor. So like if you're holding still and, and your, your decisions are decisions that I wouldn't take pride in, like for example, if you're doing something that is shady to somebody else, 
You are me, bro. When you're hanging out with me, Correct. you're reflecting me. And, and, and I don't operate like that. Exactly. I don't move like that. And if you move like that, then you got to move. You separate. can do that. Yeah. But I don't want to be part of it. Exactly, bro. And here's the thing, George. This is going to happen again and, and again. again, bro. I, it's, it breaks my heart. But uh, I have the thickest skin for it now. I'm is that what they better. call you, thick boy? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with it, bro? Like, at what point you just it, take it, on it gets the, you, easier, you do right? Nothing. You ignore them. You re, you learn from the mistake and you realize it's going to happen again. And you you uh, hire slow, fire fast. I gotta get. Um, I'm such a passionate human being, uh, in everything that I do, bro. I'll either do it 100 or I'm out. Yep. And I feel like that is a double edged sword because I'll give you an example. I'm in this industry. Nobody's going to get in the way of my heart. But what happens if your heart is leading you down the wrong path? For example, uh, I had to limit myself and monitor myself with my friends. All three of these people here will literally tell me no if I want to go smoke a J if it's not on the weekend or if I'm not shooting the next day and the following day. I gave myself like an allowance with uh, uh, smoking weed because... I never grew up wanting something that stumbled my way of my life. Yes. And so how do you build discipline with yourself? And Because you're your own boss. Yeah. So not only are you dealing with personal issues, financial issues, family issues, losing a friend issues, but then even on your fucking days off, you have to give yourself like limitations and Non-stop. like boundaries. How did you learn to do that? Or was this something you learned during fighting camp? Uh, I think fighting growing up and people say, oh, like, and I don't mind it. I get why they say it, but they go, oh, he has a professional athlete's work ethic. No, I don't have my dad's work ethic. Mm. Like you could put me at UPS or Starbucks, I'd crush it. So I, anything I do like you, I'm 100% in. So when, with that stuff, all those outside factors, all the pressure, I like the pressure. I don't mind it. Really? But then also I have two little boys who they don't know online. They don't give a shit. So like Sundays or when I get home, I'm not on my phone. That phone's gone. So you can't get a hold of me. Mm. All my team knows that and I'll deal with it in the morning. Now I wake up in the morning and get my phone like, oh, oh. <laughs> do you do you work out every day? Uh, not every day, especially now. Probably three times a week now. I used to do every day, but usually three to four days a week. Do you have like a trainer, or do you do it no, yourself? I do it myself. I, I ride bikes a lot because I, I grew up in gyms, so I just I, I rode biking outside or bike. inside. Outside, man, bro. You just got into biking. I'm really into biking right now. <laughs> oh, really? Like uh, d- uh, road bike or mountain bikes? Both. Yeah, both. I have. So I have, do both. Why I ha- pick? I have to. <laughs> We're successful. Pick, We're Come successful. On, Look at my dog. Yeah, I know. Uh, another one. I <laughs> have a. What kind of bike do I have, babe? You have a beach cruiser. I have a beach cruiser and Those I have don't a, count. And a, an electric Those one too. Electric they're mountain they're bike. They're comfortable. They're cool. Nice. No, no, no. I'm I, talking like straight up. Like I. Oh, you're like going down the trails like. Uh, well, I have a so it's a road bike that I converted to a gravel bike, so I can go on the trails like the Santa Monica, Santa Monica. Bro, mountains. I can ride my on the beach, like on the sand. Yeah, yeah. The the oh, it's like the with the thick, the bo- thick the tires. tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I have that one, and that one could go up the mountain, it could go up the snow, it could go, but it's electric too. So I'm not really like pedal. I don't do Those it for fun, though. I don't do it for like a health benefit. I do it because like I swear to God, bro, my whole life changed when I was like. I was adding those boundaries. I was like, okay, I have to be outside two times a day. I have to. And it just, bro, yeah. blew, I have a mandatory meetings. We have them at the park. It's so good for you. I, I'm telling people like, yo, if you want to talk to me, talk to me with my, our feet in the grass. Yeah, get outside. Yeah, like yeah, it, it, so it really good. helps. And then um, the other thing that changed my life, I was, I was having a conversation with Tony Robbins. and Never heard of him. You've never heard of Tony Robbins? Just Rob- kidding. Oh, my no. God. I was, bro, it's like there's <laughs> no drop, way. That, go oh, grab, pick up one of no, my George, books. George, you dropped some. Oh, a name. There you go. Keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so Tony Robbins and I. I was talking to Tony Robbins. That's not even that flexing. It was, he was on Tony Impulsive. Tony Robbins? He was on Impulsive. Tony Robbins is a big fucking deal. Dude, but it was on You're Impulsive. Like, anyway, he wasn't was there for me. I was chatting with Ellen. <laughs> 
Oprah and I. Like there's some other Ellens out there. So anyways, Ellen texts me the other day. So his, his team still texts me, right? And uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, I was sitting there talking to the one thing on the podcast when he was talking is he said, if you take 10 people that were depressed and you just took all of them into the gym and got them a really good routine, mm -hmm. seven of those people would stop being depressed. And I was like, point. damn, that's a fucking, that's 70%. So how much of us are we really depressed because our routine's off and yeah. uh, uh, our food is off? Some of it's clinical, like, the, you know, it's a legit of course, problem. Of course. But then some people, yeah, you just got to get your ass moving. Quit being lazy, get outside. Exactly. But growing up, I never really ran into that many depressed people, bro. Like it was, it, it, something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on. Well, we and, were all outside. Every single kid was constantly out. That's the only thing you could do. You go outside when the street light lamp goes on, you go home. Now everything is inside, right? TV's inside. You're playing games inside. Your buddies come over. You're just iPads, playing video games. That's all video you do. Get, the kids will play video games online for hours. Mm -hmm. Like I don't play that shit. My sons don't, they don't have an iPad. No, good. good. No iPad kids, bro. That's I will really never good. let my kid. My kid's going to be like 13 yeah. when I give him an electronic, bro. There's yeah. no yeah. reason. We were good. at dinner. We were at a really nice dinner in Laguna. And it was like a romantic dinner for our anniversary. We were sitting there. And then the like family next to us, remember the, I, the kid on the iPad? And it was so loud. It's and just bad parenting, too. Cause it's like yeah, that, it's that lazy parenting. Just, yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy. Because it, it, that kid's going to be zoned in that mm -hmm. iPad, obviously not making noise or whatever, but yeah. just be a better parent. Well, oh. teach your kid to have like manners, to be polite. How do you, yeah. you know, function when you're at a table? Like I grew up like you sit at the table with adults and you have manners and you have conversations and you sit there. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So I go to the gym with a trainer. That sounded like we t we cut. Yeah, that was. That sounded like we cut, but we didn't cut. I swear no. to God. Actually, keep it. Yeah, that my keep brain it was. My brain was like I could naturally pick up from yeah. like, the, and I fucking <laughs> failed at that. So and I'm. Good. Good. Let me just pick up. Let me pick up. So Tony Robbins, right? We were <laughs> sitting there talking to Tony Robbins, and uh, so when I found this out, I, I go outside. That changed my mood, and then I went to the gym and I and I held myself accountable. Did and it take Tony Robbins telling you that working out would be good for you? I swear. Not only did he have to talk to me, but he had to. Like do this a little bit, and yeah. then I'm like, he's fucking right, bro. Like, what am I doing yeah. here? And so I go to the gym, and I so I had to hold myself accountable because you see those two books. I like after meeting him, I like I really wanted to read his books because I was like, shit, this guy like when he talks, he doesn't just talk out of his ass. He, he like he has like passion behind it. It's the real deal. So I went read his book, and it, one of the things he said, he's like, don't negotiate with yourself. So I go to the gym, and I realize I'm like, bro, I'm not really working out. I'm not good at working out. And then I realized I started taking accountability. So then I hired myself a trainer and this guy doesn't give a shit about me being tired and he pushes me. That's what you need. Bro, this changed like I'm not even kidding. I've never worked out legs. Two reasons. Don't know how to. Yeah. Sure. Properly. That's and, fair. and and there I hear a lot of people going like, oh, I hurt my knee, my tore my ACL squatting. And I go, fucking no. I don't want that yeah. at all. Skinny legs for life. That's my yeah. motto, right? Skinny jeans, skinny legs. But he makes me do legs every day. Oh, interesting. And it pumps blood and also um what's that uh, sorry the thing that men have testosterone, testosterone yeah. it pumped both of them so much that i literally you know what it felt like that when there was troubled situations it wasn't affecting me the same yeah it's like what have you ever been hangry and you're like yo shut the fuck up get That's out of my head yeah. yeah okay it's like i was working at that level all the time and during rock hard yes yes but now i'm like peaceful yes that's great I mean, thank God you started working out. I'm <laughs> sorry. That, how, how old are you? Thir I just turned 30. Yeah, time to start working out. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know, bro. Better and late than never. Fuck, dude. When did you start gaining weight on your body and you're like, oh, this is not how it used to be? Uh, it's tough because when you're a professional athlete, like when I was fighting the UFC, like you're talking about, I mean, I'd have to force myself to eat. 
to gain mm-hmm. like weight? Just, just to stay out of weight because I was burning so many calories, working out three times a day, like these insane workouts. So then, you know, I've never been like, you know, Brad Pitt shredded, even when I was down to like 225. So it's like, I'm always in decent shape. I never eat like an asshole. I always stay on it. That's a discipline thing. Yeah. Too. Are you still like that it's now? It's super like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, you I, eat I, healthy? I, I, all, all the time, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I don't. All the time. No? See, that, that makes you feel better too. Tony Robbins didn't tell you that? That's not in his book? <laughs> he might have, but I don't think he clapped his hands. So I don't think it counts. But I think that just comes from like your life like habit. If you like have always to this point thought that it was okay to eat a certain way or to, you know what I mean? Like, Whoa, don't shit on my mom. No, no, I had home-cooked meals. I'm just the asshole. I just, what? I would never shit on your mom. Were you kidding? You she hear that, mom? She, she cooks you. every episode. Did you see that? Look how she was like, Your mom the way cooks you, you home-cooked meals every day. I said, if you think that it was okay when you went off on your own, you started living in LA and you're 20, you're ordering fast food, you're eating whatever you want, like that you got into that habit. You know what I mean? You got Not your mom. habit too. You just have bomb genetics. Georgie, I have cheat meals here and there with you but on a regular basis i eat incredibly healthy so we're lying on the podcast <laughs> he always tries so to say li- that he's this like you girl don't literally healthy. have abs until she rots in a grave like you look yeah, at her she has, like Jets yeah have a lot to do it but when you say here. your mom made home-cooked meals what kind every of, day that's great but what kind of home-cooked meals uh just could answer this a lot more she's very healthy too yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so you're good. Lean, yeah, she lean, cooks lean. amazing meals. Like my dad made home cooked meals. It was like hamburger helper macaroni and cheese. No, no, yeah, no, that, no, that's no, not, no, no, that's no, no, no. That doesn't count. No, no, yeah. very lean. <laughs> she would, like like I we grew up very very healthy. Um, I just got into the habit of like fast food because it's like fast and I could work and I could just go. But then my body is like, hey man, you're dying. And yes. I was like, oh okay. Yes. Also, if you travel the world. Have you noticed that their fast food is significantly different than ours? Well, it's different. I don't eat fast food on on the road either, but. The food's different for sure. See, but that's it. Once you start, because are you headlining now? Are you like touring comic, like nation worldwide? Or no, no just I'm just opening spots? up for people. Who are trying You'll to notice once you start headlining, like, you know, you get done with shows at like 1 a.m. The only thing that's open is fast food. Yeah. So when I first started, it was like, we got to get food. So like someone would run and get Burger King or whatever. So mm. that's what you're eating. They realize, man, I'm, I'm doing a lot of spots. I'm doing a lot of fast food because the only thing I was open. Mm. So now you got to be more Mindful. conscious of it. Yeah. And be like, all right, let's line up something, order it. So when we get to the house, it's there. So we're not waiting on fast food. Yeah. It's a, it, yeah. Big yeah. Time. She actually, she's such a blessing in so many ways, but one of them, and this sounds so chauvinistic, but I don't give a fuck who thinks it is chauvinistic. One of the hottest traits of her is like, I don't, I've never asked her to cook a meal for me in my life ever, but she always makes sure that there's a warm meal at the table after I'm done working. And it feels unbelievable. Like, like God can take all of my blessings as long as like I have a home cooked meal and a loved one next to me. I think that's the greatest thing you could ever ask for. Uh, We just got into this routine where she would call my favorite restaurants and find my favorite meal, ask for their exact ingredients, and then replace them with healthier like oh, ingredients. That's dope. So I could have like really, really fun meals that are really healthy. That's really dope. Yeah. Yeah. Gives a good system here. Mm. Yeah. We're building it together. Building together. Yeah. The dog got beef jerky, but that's cool. No, 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 no actually, that's, that's dehydrated chicken. Oh, well, that's, that's a bummer for the dog. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's good. No, we give yeah. him ice, bro, and he thinks it's a treat. He loves we it. set yeah. the bar yeah. low. I cook bro. for him. Yeah. I cook, cook for, for him. him too. Yeah. Damn. I you make know, him his meals. You got a real one here, bro. No, real, real. Because she goes grocery shopping. She came back, and I opened up the bag, and I go, "Why is there, babe? Did you? Why did you get two of everything?" She goes, "Dude, I always do that." I go, "Who? Who's this for?" She goes, Tommy. I go, what? I go, the, the dog eats exactly what Easy I eat. Good. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I eat, bro. Oh, I love it. Like I'm literally exactly what I eat. Long. Yeah, you got to take care of them. I love it. I do have a question for you. So how are you um, juggling 
filming four podcasts mm-hmm. and then going on tour mm-hmm. are you pre-filming are you filming like as you go you come back for it like how are you managing all of it yeah i don't believe in i hate what pre-taping pre-filming is not the way to do podcasts usually but um some of them will like on uh golden hour with delia like he's on the road uh for like 10 days so we bank two of them mm-hmm. one one regular one one patreon but that's really the only show we'll bank every now and then. Yeah. And it used to be King and Sting with Theo, and he moved to Nashville. So when he was in town, we'd bank like four of them. Then he'd leave town. But um, I, I hate banking them. Yeah. Who, who would you say is your favorite to to do a podcast with? Who do you like? You're, yeah. you're, all of them great. I mean, dude, they're all fucking really great, actually. So, like, this question is genuine. Like, which one are you excited about? I mean, the one where I know, because none of them, you know, we don't have, like, production notes or nothing like that it's just flying off to see your pants but the one where i can sit down i know no matter what either one of us is going through it's gonna be a good podcast and funny is callan you know we've been doing 11 years now so it's like i can just sit down yeah i do 800 and what 71 more than that that that's just what's been counted so we had probably 500 prior till we got to fox we only started counting once we got to fox but me and him used to do it out of his garage me and him and wife beaters so question how do you Damn, you've been in this game like right when it popped. So, what made you guys like go to podcasting? Because like even now, it's still a new thing that's starting. So, if you're it, doing it that long, it's kind of teetering off now because so many because there's no barrier to entry, right? So any dumbass can do it. But you know the talent always rises to the top. But so many people got into it, especially during the pandemic. That started tailoring down as far as how many people are doing it. But me and Brian, it was Brian's idea. I moved to LA. This is 12 years ago, at least. And he was like, come on my podcast. And he had the Brian Callen show. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what a podcast was. He's like, it's like radio, but we record and put it out later. Were like, you still fighting at the time? Yeah, currently fighting. I was like, that's a terrible idea. And so you like, got into stand-up and fighting around the same time? No, I was fighting. And then uh, I was fighting, moved to L.A. for a training camp here. And then met Brian Callen. I mean, he, him and I started doing the podcast when I was fighting. And um, we just had this weird chemistry He's like, man, we should do a show together once a week. And I was like, what do we call it? He's like, well, you're the fighter, so we'll call it the fighter. And I'm the kid. What like, a great name. Yeah. Like, Who calls you the kid? He's like, everybody around Hollywood. Two years later, um, talk, I'm like, I'm like, they call you the kid on the set. He's like, no, nobody calls me that. Like, <laughs> that's that's what you told me. He goes, oh, I made that up. I thought it'd be cool if they did. <laughs> well, like, dude, he manifested so, that, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. So, no, nobody calls me. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I've never heard anybody go, there's the kid ever. But uh, so we just started doing it. And then uh, he was like, yeah, you can break down fighting and stuff. You're really good. And I'm like, dude, I hate that. Anybody that knows me I, knows I hate doing that. So um, I was like, I'm down to do it if I can be like silly and talk about fashion and cars, stuff that I'm into. He's like, all right, cool, man. So we started to do that, and I was currently, I was like top 10 in the UFC at the time, and uh, nobody else had a podcast. It was like the first time a fighter and a comic got together, like an athlete, professional athlete and comic got right. together. Now there's so many. But so we just started doing it, and then I was fighting, I think it was Andre Orlovsky in uh, Vancouver, and I got to the airport, and people are throwing out references from the podcast, the comedy podcast. And I got to TSA, and I'm like, oh, this is weird. People are noticing me for being silly. I get TSA, and he's like, oh, what's up, man? Huge fan. I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. Come to the fight. He's like, what fight? Like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> wow. I was like, dude, you don't see the billboards? Like, I'm fighting Andre Olasky. He's like, oh, I had no idea, man. I listen to the podcast. And I was like, oh, man, there might be something here. Damn. So you're like, I'm done getting punched in the face. That yes. shit's not funny. And then probably two years after that, I got my paycheck at the time. Podcast wasn't making much money. But then I got the podcast once we first started getting advertising. And I got the check for getting punched in the face. And it just... 
that's the big man upstairs working because if the podcast for getting punched in, or the money, the check for getting uh, being funny on a podcast, then the check for getting punched in the face came at the exact same time. I both wow. them up. The one being funny was way more than the one getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's go this way. It's so much safer, bro. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. And, and it's like, and I, it's, it's, it's a ground. I always wanted to do. Always, always, always. Oh, you've always, always wanted to do always, that? Always, always, always. Really? Yeah. yeah, my heroes growing up were like Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey. Have oh. you ever met Adam Sandler? Oh, yeah. yeah. How is he? The best. I heard that. Every single yeah. person. That's Literally one. Everybody. That's one. That's one. When we were talking about who like is actually loved all around. I think he's loved all around. Run Tomatoes begs different. You know, they're Run uh, Tomatoes. Fair enough. We didn't even think about that. And also the hate online for him, you know, it's like so stupid. Like, oh, he makes trash movies. I'm like, excuse me, sir? You are nuts. He started movies. I will fight you over Adam Sandler. (laughs) See, that's okay. I'll fight with you. I love Adam Sandler. So when you were fighting Loki in your head, were you always like, oh, I want to do comedy? Uh, No. I mean, when I was a kid, I did, but I was gifted athletically, and that was Mm -hmm. the way to be the cool kid because I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So being athletic was a way to get girls and stick out and get attention. I was really athletic, so I was like, I'll just stick with this. But my dream was to be on Saturday Night Live. Still is. Really? Still host Saturday Night Live. Yes, because I grew up watching that, and Robin Williams, and my mom would always have me watch Saturday Night Live with her. But sports just, you know, took me down this crazy road. Right. Well, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I think so. Do you st- you so like have how come you've never even tried to maneuver doing Saturday Night Live? You're definitely. I think fan. I need to get f- more famous. Like they just had, you know, they have like Harry Styles doing it. You know, mm. I think I got some mm. more work to do. I'll get there. You will. Yeah. That will be a celebration. Oh yeah. So then, because I saw that you have a degree in sociology. Sociology and business. Yeah. Right. Did you do that for the fact that? You wanted to like get into acting or know like comedy and know how people work. Can or? I guess? Yeah, I think your father made you plan like yeah. career. Pl- there you go. Mm. See, I father's what a bit. big fist! <laughs> Holy cow, dude! I would never want to. Tony Robbins, you 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 get you just took those hands in, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, when he dapped like up his fingers wrapped around. He's so big and intimidating. <laughs> He's so big. Yeah, no, we're friends. Yeah, um, can't wear Proback. <laughs> Ask him what Proback hat size he wears, dude. They no. don't make them, bro. He has. A, do you, have you ever been in his house? I haven't, dude. I have. Anyway, so it's like, <laughs> so it's like crazy. Where does he dude. live? Like Mars? I texted Bell when I walked into his home, and I go, "This is what I pictured heaven to look like." And I'm not kidding. You walk out, and it's just like all water, and you're like, "Wow, he's beachfront." It's not a beach. It's, it's his, his beach. pool. Yeah, he has a huge <laughs> pool, bro. I've never looked at somebody's pool in the backyard outside, inside, looking going like this. Like, yeah, it's Tony Robbins. It goes he like it's so that. big. But then he goes, "Hey, you wanna?" With his deep voice. You want to ride my slide? And I'm like, slide? Yes. Hell yeah. I want to and ride he has a slide. slide down into his mini bunker. That's amazing. That it's his own like studio. And this is in Cali? It's in no, LA? Oh, no. It's in, he probably has his house out here, but yeah. no, this is in uh, Florida. Florida, yeah. Oh, gotcha. But bro, it's the craziest house I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that tracks. It's Tony Robbins, dude. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's like well deserved. He's such a good dude. Like, dude, he's in Shallow Howl. I, thank you for bringing up that movie. Do you, what's That's where fa- Jack Black goes, uh, wow, you have some banana fingers. I don't remember that. Yeah, making fun of his hands. Oh, got yeah. in the elevator. In the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My favorite, my favorite, yeah, because you were like probably four when that yeah, movie came out. such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't make that movie now. But. Yeah. I got to rewatch it, but my favorite, uh, my favorite scene is when uh, she jumps into the pool. <laughs> and all the water. Yeah. That kid goes, daddy. Yeah. He goes, Billy. Billy and Billy's Daddy. in a tree. Yeah. Bro, I watched that scene a hundred no, times, The best bro. part of that movie is when they sit down at the 
at the diner and she orders all that food and the chair breaks and the guy comes over and he goes you need to fix this chair what's this made out of the guy goes steel <laughs> he goes well, well you gotta do better Dude, and then he's so walking out and those guys are like oh my god and he's like yes yeah, she's with me fellas and they're like have fun it's you could so not make that movie today also that he, Tony Robbins was responsible to, to change he's the one that changed his mind so, so funny, ugly dude. girls with great hearts you'd see him as beautiful I love that. That's a great movie. By the way, it should be made because all the movies being made right now are shit. Oh, they're not taking any risk on comedies. Like, there's no like bro comedy anymore. Like, none of that stuff. I wrote a comedy, so I did. I had I had um done a a horror movie, and the directors and the producers we became really good friends. Just you, people you work with, you become nice. And uh, I wrote a script, and as for, for fun, I just handed it to them, and I go, "Hey guys, like, my dream would be one day write a movie that you guys produce and direct." They loved it. They go, we want to do it. So they're on board to do this movie. 50% of my jokes, they removed it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you That's can't, bro. They actually they even, like, one, of the, one of them goes, this joke made me look at you differently. And yeah, I was yeah. like, what? It's a joke. They're hey. like, yeah, but it's like, it's like, it's like really fucked up. And yeah. I go, yeah, but that's what jokes are. Like, it's something that you would never want to happen. It's a, it's a joke. They go, yeah, but like. We don't want to produce this movie if that joke's in there. And I was that's, like, that's, Jesus. that's what's wrong with Hollywood. Like, you're not going to see super bad again. You know, yeah. but you like to see that. You stuff. watch that. Comedies. It's not even that bad. It's not bad. Uh, not to me, but people are bitches. <laughs> see, we need go watch bros. Like you. Go watch bros. What's Rose? Bros is the oh bros the the, the gay uh, bridesmaids basically. I didn't even watch that. Nobody did. <laughs> oh, the new, oh, and the billboards is the two guys. Yeah, 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 I, know. Yeah. I haven't seen that's that so funny. Nobody did. <laughs> did you watch it? Absolutely not. Okay. And on the plane, I purposely just scammed past it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear about this movie. Bros. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a great movie. Judd, I think Judd, Judd Apatow helped he produce it. He didn't make it. that. He helped produce it. But he makes like hits. He used to. Oh. You know. How do you feel about acting? Um, I had an audition. I The first one I actually cared about a few weeks ago. It's for this... <laughs> <clears throat> big sitcom that my, I grew up watching with my mom. So I really Aww. wanted to get it for her. I don't think I got it because I would have heard by now. But uh, it's rare I get something that I want to do. So they'll send it. Like my agency send it. And unless it's something that's like spot on, I usually don't do them. Yeah. Got but it. I'll, I'll do audition stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's good. If it's something fun. Yeah. I, I stopped auditioning. Did you? I, I, I like to, I realize I'm a creator. Like, like, you know how you said you met Brian and he like put you on this path of like podcasting yeah. you're like oh shit this makes more sense when logan opened up the door of like hey why don't you create something and record it it changed my life because i'm like oh i read scripts and i'm like i don't want to fucking do this i don't want to yeah. act like this i don't want to yeah. be like this and also i don't like that they they in this is like a very cocky statement but i don't like jumping through hoops for roles that i don't even love do you get what i'm saying like that's the problem yeah you have to kiss ass but i'm like bro, i don't even fucking want yeah, yeah. this role. like i don't yeah. want this role what's well, good you recognize that early on though you know? I, I recognize that I So I like to watch other people And how, their life and what their metric is So I don't make the same mistakes Or I can make the same blessings yep. And the one thing that I learned is People that sacrifice their heart to make a dollar Regardless of where you're at Or how much money you make You're fucking miserable yeah. So like I immediately They're called politicians yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I start sweating on this podcast Anyways yeah. we make a cut now <laughs> So Tony Robbins you're right like, I don't get like, why you're suppressed on YouTube Brendan <laughs> Hates gay movies Politicians yeah. Listen I don't mind gay movies They just have to be good That's their problem They're like the, you know, America's so homophobic It's like no the movie sucked 
Yeah. The movie sucked. It sounds funny. It, it sounds funny. So no, nobody's homophobic. It's just a shitty movie. I don't. Mm. I don't have any any problems with any movie being made. I just want shit to be good. I don't care what you're fighting for. At least make it good. Don't don't like pressure to like watch a certain thing. And that goes for any medium, even Christianity. If you're gonna make a Christian movie, make it good, bro. Don't be cheesy with it. Yeah. I don't want to see another Christian cheesy movie. Like make something that you're proud of. And a lot of people now are not making product they're proud of. They're making product to make a, a profit. Or a product that's mm-hmm. safe because they know Hollywood. But that's because yeah. it's profit. Correct. And everything is so like... Well, they think it's profit, but they're losing their ass. Right. And they just like, they dumb everything down because nobody has the attention span anymore. So they're like, oh, okay, how do we keep everybody intrigued? Let's just tell them how these people are feeling. There's no, like nothing breathes. There's no risk taking. Yeah. It's Everyone's like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you know. They're way too scared. How to do you feel canceled. about the cancel culture? Do you think it exists? Uh, if, uh, it exists. Fucked over two of my friends deeply, you know, mm. deeply. So um, I think it, it did a lot of good at, at the start. And then it just became this frenzy where anybody that ever made any mistakes that they want to take their careers to. So I think it did a lot of good getting rid of some horrible people. Yeah. But then it just didn't stop there. They wanted blood yeah. for anyone that's ever made a mistake and affect two of my friends. And I don't play that shit. Mm. I, yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. I think it became like a witch hunt. Uh, well, people now are studying for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you to like say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. So, but they those can, like, people that are it. doing that, it's like, okay, you guys never made a mistake. No, 100%. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like, hold on, yeah. it's crazy. Mm. It became this weird to your point witch hunt. Where at first I was like, oh, I'm bored with them. Like, oh, this is cool getting rid of these horrible people. Yeah. And then once they did that, they're like, all right, let's keep going. Who else can we get? It's like, yeah. whoa. It got also, weird it, it, because there was a profit from it. So people were like, "Oh, I could take this guy down and make a ton of money." There's a comedian that like blew up from taking another comedian down. Like he had no. I'm not gonna mention who it is, but he had like no career, and then he takes out one of the like biggest comedians ever from past shit that he did, and now he's like in every movie. And I watched that, and I'm uh, like, "I know who you're talking yeah, about." Yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, "That like, comes back to you. That'll come back to you." Do you get what I'm saying? I get it. Exactly but also, it's like it's a it's a bit it's a bitch way to get famous. Yeah. yeah. It's undeserving. No and actually, Good luck walking in the green rooms or any legit club in the right. comments being like, what's up, bro? No, you, you made a deal with the devil, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because and this is what I always tell people. I, I, we talked about this on Impulsive. I go, would you guys rather win the belt and the world be like, you didn't deserve that belt or lose the belt and the whole world is like, you actually deserved that Correct. belt. And everybody said the belt. Oh, hell no. And I said, I'd rather want the people to be, All the day. fuck am I going to hang up if I didn't deserve it? Agree. Right. And where are you going to go from there? Also, it's you know like it's not yours. I don't want my, anything that's not mine. If that's not the way to do it. It's and not. They, the way but to do when it. he lays his head down at night, he knows that. Feels yeah. like a fraud. Yep. And he has to mm-hmm. live with that. We we were talking about her uh, her career because right now she's uh, she's getting to that level where she's testing and they're telling her how much you're gonna make and all that stuff. And, and then now they're just like, and what's the career acting? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Amazing actress. Unbelievable. Like, like I'm not just saying that because I'm dating her. I, like when we were friends, I was like, I mean, you're your gonna- girlfriend. But I'll tell you with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, no, I'll show you some shit. Like every yeah. single person that's watched her will call me, be like, "Damn, you weren't lying. She's yeah. fucking brilliant, and yeah. she is brilliant. She could do a lot of roles. Perfect. Scares the shit out of me, honestly." Yeah. Um. And my my favorite thing about her is that her heart is so much bigger than her her brain. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like. I don't want wisdom if it makes me go in the wrong direction. Correct. Because like a lot of people use it, it poisons them. So when they per, like they they should, hey, this is how much you're gonna make. It, in my mind, if I was at her state in her career, I would have been like, damn, that's a hard thing to walk away from. 
So as a partner, I just stood by and, and wanted to see what her her emotions are, how she's gonna react to this. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's like, well, I just gotta make sure, the first thing she says, didn't even talk about the money. I gotta make sure that I'm, it's a respectful role, that I'm like doing da 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 da. I don't want my kids to see this. Uh, I don't want blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that right there is worth trillions of dollars. Yeah, that's good. It's respect. And I feel like now, it, I get the cancel culture, but it's like a pendulum. It swings in a way that it's like, it's either too much or too less. Yeah. And to have, to be in the industry, making an income with accountability of righteousness and respect, that is something you can never buy. Agree. And so when I'm watching her make these type of decisions, it makes me feel so comfortable as a partner. And this is the only reason I brought this up is because when you have a partner, which you have a partner with your kids, and mm-hmm. when you have a partner... And you have to worry about making the decisions for them. It's intoxicating. Oh, the worst. It's intoxicating. the crown. But does it does it cost you a lot of rolls? And how, like how like how far like is it with anything? Like you don't want any like romantic scenes? Like how how bad is it? No, I think it's just like where my boundary lies when it comes to you know I mean a lot of rolls. They want like nudity for it, or they want certain things for it, or whatever. And so I know where my line, you know where my line is and I think that at least like right now I'm blessed enough to get into the room to be able to be in front of them and then I can communicate where I stand and if that aligns with them that aligns with them and if that doesn't then there'll be another role that will be just as good or you know so but I mean yeah it it all depends like there's tons sometimes I've gone auditions where I'm like oh gosh like it'd be my dream to be in this but it didn't align with my you know what I mean where I think is what I'm willing to do. Yeah. So I had to be like, listen, this one's not for me. That's okay. It's like Rogan had a great joke about the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. It's so different for guys and girls in Hollywood and acting, right? So Rogan, uh, I'll I'll paraphrase the joke. I don't want, I'm probably going to butcher it, but he was saying how crazy Weinstein is. And Rogan only has daughters. He has three daughters. He goes, I'd kill that guy. If my daughters were an act and they came in like Harvey Weinstein, you know, hit on me to give me this role. He's like, I'd kill the guy. He goes, and how different is it? You know, if my son, he goes, if I had a son, he comes in, he goes, dad, Harvey Weinstein asked me to suck his dick to be Batman. He goes, holy shit, you're going to be Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you're going to, that's fucking so so funny. funny. So funny. It's just, it's just, it's just different for guys and girls, you know, in Hollywood. It's a lot safer now. Mm -hmm. A a lot safer now. If you watch the Marilyn Monroe documentary, it's tragic, tragic what you had to do to get some roles. Well, dude, she, she uses common sense. Like her, like, like we talked about, we laughed. We're like, bro, like you're gonna go do a nude scene for another production for another program. I'd rather fucking do OnlyFans. You'd make all of that money on your own if you're gonna do it for I mean, a profit. Never in my life. But, but no, also, I'm just saying, like, I just like you get what I'm saying. There's other options now. Like back in the day, yeah. Marilyn Monroe days, there's no option. Like now, yeah. you know, there's op- now. Did, now, if I, I get with like the casting agents and directors. If it's like a kiss scene, you're like absolutely not on TV. They're like, all right, man, Jesus. No, I, I can do all that. Yeah. Obviously, it's part of acting. You're gonna, I'm gonna be in relationships and yeah. all that stuff. It's just when it comes to like nudity and certain like you know outrageous sex scenes. Yeah, like, you shouldn't have. That's to do not that. for me. No, no. Yeah. because it, it's, it's not too, even like, for me or, or, or like it's not even for her. It's j- the conversation that she was having is literally for her kids. Like she doesn't yeah. want. I, I, listen, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want her doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, also, no too, need. you're day, like, too talented for to, to, well, like, yeah, to I'm in acting that. because I genuinely just love like I want to I want to show somebody like th- these different people. I want to make people feel something. I, you know what I mean? It's the psychology of like these different characters that I want to like portray. Like that's what I love it for. So like I don't need to do all those things. Like the people who you know we talk about this that I look up to like Zendaya and you know mm. like Jennifer Aniston. Like they're not you know out here getting nicky nicky naked. 
mean, Anna, 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 Anna's gonna push it a little bit, but Zendaya, yeah, yeah what she's on Euphoria, right? So yeah, she'll, she'll do like freaking heroin and shit, mm-hmm. which was cool. Role. No, so she's that, amazing. See, that, that's though. different. Those she's telling fine. a story. I can do yeah. all that, yeah. but it's just the you know. Yeah, I just think like I'm with you on that. I, I came to it as like this: like th- we have a very, very because in this industry, it's very hard to be in a relationship. So we set like we saw we set our boundaries in the very beginning. I can never make a decision for her. She can never make a decision for me. But we put up like, hey, like I love you and I want to start a family with you. I don't know if I'm like if you had a if she had a, like booked this sitcom and she has a boyfriend and they're kissing every single day or they're having like sex in the scenes but she's not getting railed that's her job i can't get in the way of her dreams no, you can do it. yeah you, it you, can't. that's what you signed up for yeah and also it's That'd like be like buying that golden duel golden duel being pissed at chats that's what you signed up for <laughs> hey lay off my dog bro it's very weird look how chats. sad he is look at him look, look, did you like, pants him look how sad he is now bro yeah he does look sad well he's tired <laughs> <laughs> but i'm with you yeah. you can't you, you can't, signed up for it but also it's like <laughs> I want her to. I want her to be the one to choose it. Like I, I told her, like yo, make your decisions for you. Because like, say even if I was like a jealous boyfriend, and I was like, yo, no, fuck, no, you're not doing that, bro. In ten years, fifteen years from now, she's gonna fucking hate me. It's also your own insecurities. Then you're holding her back from being the next Jennifer Aniston. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like how big of a dick move is that, mm-hmm. bro? When we found out, like in <laughs> one of the offers, one of the offers were a meet like. Where we're like, we're going to invest in this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's like, it's a, I, I love our relationship. I'm very, very grateful for How it. How long have you guys been together? Four, almost four years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But this is literally my best friend, bro. Like, love it. Like my best friend. Like we, we, we literally could talk nonstop and we never even plan anything together, but we'll do like, we never planned on doing no. the podcast together. Which, that's, I think that's what works too. It's just like, we're friends. We're just best friends first. So whatever happens, happens. Like when you're hanging out with your friend, you just talk all day. Yep. You know what I mean? Don't run out of anything to yeah, say. It's natural. You're on the same page. That's yep. just how we like roll. Like I guess yeah, a good thing. I think, I think the, the, if I had to say it in like one sentence, I feel super safe with her. That's great. And I think if, if you're going to reflect on your relationship, not one of the girlfriends that I've had did I ever feel truly safe. Yeah. I always felt like if something would have happened to me or maybe There's like... a biker gang outside. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, We're in Hell's Angel territory. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous yeah, thing. Or someone Great jack- property value, or, though. Or someone jacked my car. That sounds like my car. <laughs> oh, oh, just make sure they didn't tow it because they look every 30 minutes. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Not a big deal, dude. You go. All you gotta do is go down Van Nuys. Eight hundred dollars. Be cool, man. I but, wish it was eight hundred dollars. Um, when did you meet your fiance? And when did you fall in love? Like, what she is that was like? working in the UFC. She was doing the uh, the like the kind of like the in locker room and outside the fight uh, interviews for the Spanish side, Telemundo. Oh, oh my god! I was there as a guest. Um, uh, I was doing like guest appearances for the UFC. So I wasn't fighting. So I was chilling, having a good time. And I was in the back waiting. And she walked in. She had like this lime green outfit. I'm like, who the hell is that? He remembers. What you yep. Know. I was like, who the hell is that? And then uh, started talking to her. And then we started talking. And they're like, we should go out. You know, we're both single. And she's like, oh, I'll get fired, though. Like, it's mm. in our contract. Can't date UFC fighters. I'm like, very cool. How much are they paying you? And she told me. I go, I'll, I'll sign a contract where if they find out we're dating, I'll, I'll cover your salary for the next two years, even if we don't work out. She's like, you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'll cover it. And she's like, okay. And then, boom, Aww. here we are, two kiddos later. Wow. Did she Good get fired? Did she quit? She left when I left. Because mm. I was, yeah. Wow. Yeah, honestly. Hey, listen. I'm going to be as respectful as possible, but if a girl's ready to quit her job for you, yeah, man. you're great in bed. 
I mean, I did give her a guaranteed salary though, which was <laughs> I wasn't making much money back then, yeah. so it was very stressful. Did you guys do that contract? <laughs> no, Yo, I, I told like, her I would. You're like, I'll write it up if you want. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "What are you, Sheldon from Big Bang? You yeah. had like a contract?" For no, like- we, she she had me. Uh, well, she wrote up a contract because I want. I, I, there's nothing better than being a dad. I love kids, so we have two now, and I want a little girl. She's like, there's no way I'm having another, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, if I do, you got to agree to these certain things. And I was like, cool. Write a contract, girl. Let's get it done. Compromise. So, yeah. You knew that that was your forever and ever? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. you know. When you, you meet know. that person, you know. you're like. And she's such a good mo- Like, And I, th- this is, you know, you could say it's sexist, but fuck everybody. The Our first date, she's just talking. She's like so caring and loving, which I wasn't used to at all. Like she'd make sure I was good. I'm like, what is going on here? And then I was like, literally, probably first 10 minutes of meeting her, sitting down one-on-one, I was like, you know you're born to be a mom, right? Like, mm. you're going to be such a good mom. Bro, that, She's I, like, everyone tells me that. How sad is that, that we can't even put that as a list of, like, things we would want in a girl? Oh, that's sexist. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah. What are you talking about? Someone who's loving Shut and up. caring. You know, she's such mm-hmm. a good mom. Nurturing, Beastie yeah. mom. Beastie. I, when I met Belle, I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her because she was the first person I ever dated that I go... Yeah, I want my kids to have your qualities. Also, my girl's the first person that I can, I'm sure some of you guys, I can hang out with and she doesn't get on my nerves. Mm. Like, when I'm on the road with my brother, my features, the the host, they're great people. Yeah. I absolutely love them. But you spend three days with them, and by the third day, you're like, dude, if you don't stop chewing your eyes like that, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> if you breathe girl, in my direction. Yeah, I'm going like, to kill you. But me and my girl, nothing. I can hang out with her nonstop. Yep. No, no issues. That's amazing. Do no you, issues. you guys do have time apart, yeah? Yeah, because I tore so much. So I'm on the that, road so that's much. very healthy. Key. It's Howard, very healthy. Howard, Howard Mandel's been with his girl, I don't know, his wife for, I don't know, 75 years, some shit like that. And he <laughs> called her and was like, what's the key to keep first being together? And she was like, separation. And he was like, see? Because he's so busy. Right. Yeah, you got you to gotta have your time You have apart. to miss you each other. Your, you have to have yeah. your own lives. You can't be just consumed mm-hmm. all the time. Of well, course. you can't be like the the key responsible thing for that person's happiness. No. And I think like a lot of people get into relationships and they rely all of their happiness into that one That's person. Not good, yeah, you can't do that. Both got to be uh, running your own race. Full. Y- you're mine. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're we, such a dog. Oh, Brad, it was dude. It was such a pleasure. I'll see you later. The fuck <laughs> yeah, could you like, mean by that? Mean. <laughs> Why do you tell me that during cuddles? <laughs> yeah, you're not Are depressed you when I walk away from you. Like big spoon or small spoon? My girl is not that big to be a big scoop spoon of me, man. That would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I always she, tell she's man, not Tony Robbins with a wig on. Yeah, that that'd be the type of big spoon I would need. There's no big spoon. When you, when you just gotta accept that. I was big as a kid, so there's no there's no big spoon for me, man. I've <laughs> never been big spoon. Never. She actually made me pajamas, and it says little spoon on it. Interesting. I don't give a fuck. I provide and take care, and I'll no, conquer any big spoon fucking vertical ever. I'll protect you. There's a fire. I'll burn myself getting to you. You got a meal. There's only one. You're eating it. I'll provide. There's rain. I'm fucking Rihanna. I'm not fucking Rihanna, but I'm you fucking really. Yeah. I got the umbrella, Ella. Eh? Yeah. You know what hey, I mean? Yeah. But like spoon time, spoon. get around me. And I'll, like, I'll, I'll like adjust her like a blanket. I'll be like, no, more here. Oh, man, more. I don't think I've ever been a little spoon. And that's, it's kind of sad now we're going through Well, you this. just need to get her, like, you know, put a pillow higher than your head. And then she could put her head on the pillow, you know, and then be, I'd be tough. by you. I'm a big dude. Yeah, you're pretty big. Yeah. We could like, practice. I, mean, I could be big spoon <laughs> on you. I feel, Lizzo could be like my big spoon. Mm. That'd be cool. That'd be lit. <laughs> Have you had a gun pull out on you? Yeah, when I was young. What happened? I'm surprised. I've got like 
four times in my life, like a chamber straight to my face. Oh, I was really? expecting you to have a lot more. No, why? Um, cause I was an idiot when I was a kid, and like me Where, and my. Where'd you grow up? First, so of all. we. I grew up in a very rich neighborhood, but okay. I grew up different <laughs> because Malibu's most wanted over here. What? <laughs> Honestly, bro, not even lying. So my dad had a, a liquor store in the ghetto. And at the time, this in California, Arizona. Okay. So like, obviously the Arizona ghetto is not like LA yes. ghetto, but still I had to fight a lot. I had yeah. to like protect the, the base of the camp. Like yeah. my dad taught me like, you don't back down. You also play it safe. Like we had a, I had a, he actually, if I ever bring him on the show, his one regret, he said, he's like, I wish I never brought my son into all these fights. Like, cause it fucked my mind up. Like, so like when I went to my rich area, and these people were talking shit. I didn't. I didn't tolerate it. So yeah. me and my boys would be reckless and slap people in the middle of the sure. restaurant. And like, and we acted like we were this like unbelievably tough guy until we had our fucking real moment like where like met actual tough guy. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, "No, you're not." And right, yeah. and bro, like, I'll never forget yeah. it. The first time I ever had a gun pulled out on me, we were at uh, my sister's Tanya's house. Jessica Tanya's house it was the first time I ever got a gun pulled out on me. I went outside to talk to my mom on the phone. Beautiful neighborhood. And the mom came out. She goes, hey, just be careful. There's There's been robberies. And I started laughing, bro, because like robberies. Yeah, bro. Right you have here? Porsches and Lamborghinis yeah. out here. I'm on the phone. My mom, some sketchy dude, pulls up right next to me. I'm on the sidewalk, and I'm looking at him. But have you ever like felt so uncomfortable? You're like, yeah, I can't do anything. Can't. I, I don't want to turn my back to yeah, this guy. Hell no. He just gets out of the car. We're making eye contact. Walks 15, 20 feet to me confidently. Looks around. Pulls out his gat. Puts it right to my face. I hang up on the phone because I didn't want my mom to hear me die. Yeah. So I hang up on my mom. Tight move. And he just checks my pockets, bro. I peed my pants. Oh, you pissed yourself. I pissed myself. And did you realize you weren't tough in that moment, or? Bro, I peed myself. (laughs) And you know what's so funny? I did martial arts, and my dad's uncle was a security guard. Yeah. But he would always teach me. To grab the gun? I could show you right now. I'll grab you a gun yeah. and I, I'll take that yeah, shit from you. Yeah, this isn't Rumble in the Bronx, dude. Nah, bro. Just, hey, Jet Li, relax. When that I doesn't saw, really work. When I saw the gun here, I go, what if I mess this up? Like, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to do this. I don't want to practice this right you now. And he was like shaking too. So I was like, stop shaking, dude. Like, this the is guy how was probably like, me. I wasn't even going to shoot him. And then he grabbed the fucking yeah. gun and pulled my finger. <laughs> I'll never forget this day, Yo, bro. He, he just checked my shit. I had nothing. Did you have on, anything? I had nothing on me. And then he just left? He just put it back in his pocket, went, drove off. <laughs> Casually? The, the latest one, I was Hollywood Boulevard, Highland. Latest one? This happened recently? This one was like six, seven months ago. Jesus. Maybe, maybe, maybe a year. No, no. This is when Justin, Justin was working with me. Just like a year ago, probably. I got Maybe mad. you're giving off small spoon vibes, so they're just <laughs> checking you all the time, dude. <laughs> no, no, bro. Like, you should have let, let me Let me paint the picture. Please so, do. I'm on Hollywood and Highland, turning left on Highland, right? Okay. Going towards the, the theater yeah. area, right? Broad daylight, bro. 2.30 p.m., 3 p.m. latest. they do it. Right? Some jackass was trying to make an illegal turn and blocked me. And I'm already talking to my friend Greg about a frustrating moment that I had with a friend. And I'm like, bro, I'm tired of people walking on me, bro. Sick of this shit. No one's going to fucking walk on me. Sure. Dude goes like this. I fucking hit my horn. And he goes, shut up, bitch. And I pulled out my window, I popped open the fucking thing, and I kicked his fucking car, and I looked at him. I go, pull the fuck over. Oh, I go, you're a fucking man, pull the fuck over. He goes, all right, pull over. I go, all right, pull over. Fucking pulled over, literally on Highland and La Brea, or, this is uh, insane, or Hollywood. Yeah. I get out, bro, in broad daylight. He goes, say it one more fucking time, bro. I look at him, and I go, dude, he's going to kill me. This is broad daylight. Everybody's watching this guy right now. 
I look. That guy I, doesn't care. Doesn't give a nothing to lose. Fuck, no. bro. I turned to my friend Greg. He had his hands in his pocket, and I literally go, "What do I do?" Like I literally go, you "What both, do I do?" And you both pissed your pants. No, no. This time I was just kind of like. <laughs> I was more in shock. I wasn't like scared. I was really just blown away by this dude's confidence. Bro, there's cars passing by throwing their horns off. People are screaming. They don't give a fuck. He goes, say it one more time. Who's the fucking bitch? And I go, I'm the bitch. I'm the bitch. I'm me. I'm the bitch. I'm I'm gonna get in my Corolla right now and just take off. Like, dude, I'm a small spoon. (laughs) (laughs) That's when the small spoon came out of me. I go, I'll cuddle you. Small spoon. I'll see you later, man. Fucking did you just get on my back? Yeah. (laughs) I got in my car, bro. I don't want any troubles. I drove home in 15 minutes. We didn't say a word. We just but this just is taught about life. I mean, like, you, you learn your lesson, right? Like, if somebody cuts me off or anything, I don't give a fuck. I assume everybody has guns out here. Yeah. No, I didn't assume that, bro. I just, you should. I assumed LA there. is like really hard to get a gun. So no, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, no. I very much yeah. got checked. Here's the thing, bro. And and I, I, the hardest line I've ever heard in my life. We were at LA Fitness, and this kid that I, I was, he's a reckless kid. This kid will fight you on sight. Like on site, like he doesn't give a fuck about his life. He doesn't get, he's just a psychopath. Sounds smart. Some dude like follows him or some shit and he goes, yeah, yeah. And he like, checks at him and he just grabs him, pulls him in. He goes, do you know that fucking, the, <laughs> this is exactly how he worded. He goes, you know the guy your fucking parents warns you about? I'm that fucking guy. Gangster. He goes, I will fucking murder you right the fuck here. Shut up. And the guy just goes like this. And I was like. Yo, I don't know what I would do if anybody talked to me that way. I would immediately melt. I would just shut up. <laughs> I, I would immediately melt. Like, the confidence I'm of that like, guy. Fair point. Fair point. My parents did warn me about it. When someone pulls a gun, you, my friends was at this old mall, which is kind of in the hood, and we were all for whatever reason we didn't plan it. We were all in red, and my dad just bought me this red jacket from Old Navy, and we we're all, three white boys, lacrosse mm-hmm. players, wearing red, walking at like ten o'clock at night. How old were you? That's why I don't wear red. I was. Probably ninth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's probably my freshman year of high school. And we're just walking. We're, like, leaving Red Robin or some bullshit, as high school kids do. Yeah. <laughs> we're walking. This uh, black dude ran up to us in all blue. And he's like, why are you all flamed up? I don't know gang terminology. Yeah. At first, I ran. So we saw him come. We ran. He caught up to us. You know, he's faster than us. And um, we're in red. He's in blue. And he's like, why are you all flamed up? And I don't know the terminology. I was like, I'm out of breath because we were running, dude. We don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, nah, bitch, why are you in all red? And I was like, oh, my dad just got me this from Old Navy. Do you like it? And then my buddies are in red, too. And he's like, nah, take that shit off. You know what hood you're in, bro? I'm like, I'm, we're at Buckingham Mall, man. Be cool. He's like, nah, shut up. And then pulls the gun out. I'm like, oh, my God. It's real. Oh he's like, take your jacket off. I'm like, all right. So we, it's three white boys. We take our jacket off. He's like, now spit on that shit. And I was like, I just got this jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fake spitting going like this. I was like, yeah, fuck your red. No <laughs> and I look over my buddy who's just such a bitch. He's going, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was all. He's like, look at my work. I was Check like, my hey. work. <laughs> I remember we, and the guy was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And he leaves. And I look at my buddy. I'm like, you're such a bitch, dude. You hawk like three huge loogies on your jacket, dude. He's like, didn't you? I'm like, no, man. I got my jacket on. Hilarious. And you were, you were very like, calm in the situation? Yeah, like, I was calm. I do well under pressure. Yeah. That's good. Uh, wait, so like. Fighting? Are you not, not not confident in it? It's just guns. You're not cool with it. Back then, uh, you know, I wasn't really trained in the gun. I was scared. Yeah, ninth of shit. grade. Yeah, ninth 14. grade. And I got an old navy jacket on, son. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was fire too. I was like, I'm not spitting on this. What? Take my life. Have you ever yeah. had like a? <laughs> <laughs> Take my life, son. Like your spit doesn't even stain. No, I was all. <laughs> I was like, I'm so dehydrated. Give me a second. <laughs> 
we're flamed up. We just ran yeah. for like 20 minutes. As you could notice, I'm all flamed up, sir. Uh, that's so. First of all, that's hilarious. <laughs> so stupid. I love how like I I'm I told my stories because like I'm a comedian, bro. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm not I'm not. I grew up thinking that fighting was like the coolest thing until I realized like no, it's not. Fighting's not cool. It's not cool, bro. No. It's actually it sucks, bro. Like it's, it's a knucklehead move. It's just stupid. You, unless you're like unless or, you're like mm-hmm. super into it and you take it professionally. Even then. Even then, I'm still it's, stupid. It, to me, it's like you, you don't want to do anything else. You know, yeah. I mean, like this guy's you're you're getting paid right now to get punched in the face. And I think about this all the time. If Mike Tyson in his prime would offer me fifty million dollars to go into the ring and fight him, I go, bro, what am I gonna do? Fifty million dollars dead. Oh, I'd say punch me right in the face. Really? Fifty mil? Fifty chance of dying, not good. F- fuck me up, dude. Really? Hell yeah. Fifty mil? One punch? To the face. Sock me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I would never. Dude, it would cost like 20 million to fix your face up. It'd be rough. But 50 mil? Well, I think you're, you've gotten punched. Very hard. Very hard. Yeah, many, many more time. times than I've many been punched. I've only it's been really punched career. hard yeah. by my father. That's it. Yeah. Oh, your dad hit you too? Oh, my God. Well, this skin I, didn't, I don't have buttoned up personalities in like a gentleman role model state because I was grew up with a loving home. Nah, I crossed the line with my dad. It's like, oh, we're going to the hospital. Yeah. You're going home. Yeah, you don't do that. Not in my home, but also he's my best friend, so it's like we're good. Yeah, but fine. But also, also like low key, like the first time I ever got punched in the face, I say this all the time. Like I was like, oh my dad hits me harder than this. I'll fuck you up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's that. You've never been hit by your dad? Bullshit. Not in the face. No. Really? Yeah, me neither. No loving father, right? (laughs) No, no. My dad's my dad's my dad's like six four two twenty man. So when I was a kid, he'd fuck me up. He's in better shape than I am now. Oh, so you did get fucked up? No. Because if he did, I'd get super fucked up. Mm. Was your dad a fighter too? Uh, he was like black belt in taekwondo, karate. Like, yeah, he's a tough dude. Did he Works train out you? All the time. No. Uh-oh. No. My dad, uh, Middle Eastern. No, I mean, no. Yeah, they, no, they, no, no, no belt. No. The only belt he used was the one that he hit me with. Yeah. Actually, he does have a black belt in karate. He has a black belt in karate? Yeah. That doesn't count. That doesn't places. show in his fights. <laughs> well, he's not going to be like... <laughs> No, I would. <laughs> I fucking God, you what? want some of this, Dude, little fuck? I have so many funny stories of us fighting, which I don't even know if legally I could even bring them up. But there was one dude that knocked my dad out in front of me, oh, not man. out cold, but like down to the ground. And that shit was till this day the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. This dude was like six four, huge, looking down at my dad. I'm just pulling in. I'm like 16, 17 years old, pulling to the liquor store. The dude pushes my dad, and I've always got so excited to fight somebody with my dad i don't know it sounds really stupid That'd be cool i always wanted to put the brakes on somebody with my dad I jump out of the car and bro this dude just goes shock and just right fuck face. bro no 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 the cleanest hit to my dad's face my dad gets hit looks at me he's going down <laughs> on the way down but he grabs his shirt while he's going down rips his shirt the guy takes off my dad gets up and goes, fuck him. I got his shirt. And I, <laughs> I fuck it. I go, dad, just lay down, bro. Your dad's for a, a tough guy. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. My, when I used to come you're, home what, and. What, what, what uh, ethnicity are you? Assyrian. Oh, gotcha. I, I think if you're born in a Middle Eastern tough country, people. you're different. You're, you're, they would literally hit you with sticks and rocks. Yeah, like, different game. Yeah, different yeah. game. So, that, I mean, that's that. Yeah, your dad's a legit tough guy. I love my dad. Yeah. And he's the sweetest human being you'll ever meet in your life. Doesn't sound like it, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Now as long just, as you don't steal from him, you're good. Unless it's food. Yeah. You can steal or food. Or you're pregnant. From yeah, or you're pregnant. 
<laughs> then you're good. I like those rules. Yeah. Your dad's cool, man. Your dad's all right. It's with like me. the mafia, but like not the mafia yeah, at yeah. the same time. There's a set of rules though. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to comedy, because you started going on stage with the kid. Me and Bryden started to together, make him, yeah. <laughs> to make him happy. So you started going on stage with him. Like, what was that like? Were you terrified of going on? When no. did you realize like this is it? This Wait, is these are me. live performances? Yeah, yeah. No way. Me and Bryden started. Yeah, we started doing live fire in the kid. Great question, babe. We started doing live fire in the kid because um, the podcast was getting legs, and so we started doing live fire in the kids. And then, um, yeah, so Brian would be like, we're going to open every show. It's not a podcast, it's a performance of us. Mm. So he was like, we'd write down a whole performance piece and go, we'd start every show with you doing 10 minutes of uh, storytelling because you're a good storyteller. I'm like, all right. And so we're doing that for like five or six shows. Then we're at the Vic Theater in Chicago, like 3,000 people sold out. And I'm in the back. I'm like, God, I don't know. I'm not sure yet what story what, uh, story I'm going to do. And Brian's like, what? I'm like, what? help me with my story. And he goes, story? He goes, oh, Bubba, you're doing stand-up. I just don't want to scare you because I know you've always wanted to do it. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. No and way. So that clicked on. I'm like, oh, it's stand-up. He's right. So then that following week, we did a live Find the Kid at the Comedy Store. And it goes great. And then t- like two weeks after, I get a call from the manager of the Comedy Store. And um, she goes, hey, why don't you do a set at the store? I'm like, oh, no doubt. Uh, let me call Brian and see if he's available too. And she's like, no, dumbass. We saw your stand-up at the Fire and the Kid. We want you to do a spot here. And wow. I was like, wait, just me? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went and did that. And then it was like off to the races. How off did you prepare for that? I was the, the Fire and the Kid preparing me for it, doing these like huge theaters and all the pressure of that. Uh, that that was, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. And then just off to the races. What's your favorite thing you've ever done? Stand up. Has to be, right? By far. I try to explain this to people, bro. It's different. Like when Joe Joe made me go on stage. Coy? Yes. Yeah. So he made that he, so Logan told him that he wants me to do stand up. And Joe, such a blessing in my life, he called me. He goes, Yo, you're going to come do this. And so I did it. Would have never done it if it wasn't. Joe's a really good buddy of mine. Love Joe. He deserves every success he's ever had in his life. He's the most unbelievable human being. Uh, And, I get off stage and I, and I try to explain this to people. There's performing is cool. Being an actor is cool. Uh, being a fighter is cool. It's very different when people get dressed to all sit in a room to laugh. It is a different energy. It's a different like feeling. It's like, I, I, this is the best way to explain it. Have you ever told like a really good joke in front of your friends and family? And like, just for that split second, it was a hot joke and everybody's laughing. That feeling right there yep. is like you could have that for an hour. Times do a thousand. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Times a thousand. Because there's so many more people. And they're strangers. Yeah, yeah. Not your family. It's, it's, it's great. I think everybody should at least try it once. Yeah. And I mean, if you're funny. Yes. I don't think <laughs> yeah. you should do it if you're not funny. Take if you're a quiet easy. guy, yeah. maybe you shouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. But if you're a funny guy and like people are like, oh, you're funny, you should yeah. at least go up and try because like, it's very therapeutic in general just to get your shit off your chest and make it like, it's oh, therapeutic, I'm But also I think if you try it, you'll realize how tough it is. So yeah. you'll be <laughs> humble on people's specials or mm-hmm. if you go to the show or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's actually very, very well You realize played. how tough it is. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. You actually start laughing at their joke extra hard because you're yeah. like, no, 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 I get where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you do a lot of like improv or do you feel like you usually like, you know, going into it, like, I have these stories I'm going to tell? Uh, I'll have like a my set list but i don't like write out the jokes otherwise it's like very like structured you can't have fun with it so i'll write out like key words which will remind me of the bit to do but then i can have fun in between those and, and there's segues into the next one yeah and crowd work nice. Who, who's uh somebody you look up to and you like try to like i absorb from watching other stand-ups 
not trying to mimic them, but like take from their knowledge? Like, is there somebody that you that you're like, oh, I really want to emulate or or mirror? Uh, my style's close to like a, a Burt Kreischer, who's like a storyteller with jokes in there. Yep. So more like a Burt Kreischer, who's a close buddy. But I don't watch much stand up for that reason. Like, I don't want to pick up on mm. their uh, certain things. Because it, it's very, it, it's, it's you very accidentally easy to take mimic, it. And right. then you'll have a bit, and then somehow, you know, so I, I, I don't watch too much stand up. Okay, so I love I'll watch this. somebody live. Like, I'll watch them, like, Jesus Christ, they're so good and get inspired. But I won't yeah. watch, like, unless, like, a buddy like Theo or Chris or, like, Kreischer special. But if they're not a buddy, I typically won't watch it. Mm. Theo came into the last fa- Laugh Factory in Hollywood here, uh-huh. and we had him on the podcast, and he was funny. But I felt like he was just, he was like on this like character and he was doing his thing. And, and I was like, okay, it was, it was really fun to have him on. He was really funny. He's very like, you could tell he has a big heart. But bro, he came into the Laugh Factory. Savage. And he blew everyone out of the way. Yeah, so bro, funny. Bro, every, so and he funny. just came on. He wasn't even nervous or anything. Like there's moments that I remember of people. And the one, every time I close my eyes and think of him, he just walked in with his just fun hairdo his and the, his personality and just walked on stage. And he just took a breath and you could tell he was like, all right, what do I want to talk about? Mm-hmm. He's a beast. And then so he beast. just went in and he blew everyone he, out of the water. He's also a guy too, when you talk about not reading comments or listening to the outside is remember, Theo came off Road Rule. So that's how people knew him from MTV's Road Rule. What is that? Road Rule was a, um, it'd be like the real world on MTV, you know, real world. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was like that, but it was like a competition show. There's like two teams. It was a reality show. So he got big off that. So he was doing that and then got off that show and started doing stand-up. So they're like, oh, that's the guy mm-hmm. from MTV. He's not funny. He's just this quirky kid. He's not funny. But then he kept working, kept didn't listen to the haters, kept working, kept working. And now most people don't even know Theo did the Road Rules show. Mm-hmm. They just know him as right. this great comic. That's so inspiring. If, yeah. he le- if he let people pigeonhole him into this, you're just a reality star guy. He'd never be Theo Vaughn. So yeah. he never listened to that. So he got all this hate when he first came out, mm. selling tickets right away because he came from Road Rules, and then now he's this great comic. Wow. That really worked out for him because, yeah, the one thing right away that I noticed watching him is he's so incredibly chill and grounded and so incredibly himself. Like, there's no one like him. You know what I mean? He's literally just deal, himself. Man. There's yeah. only one, yeah. And he's funny at all times. Like, he came, he, he's never missed my son's birthday, even though he lives in Nashville. Which so. I, is today. My son's birthday is today. Tom Tom today so had, thank you. So he had his birthday party on Sunday. Theo's never missed his party. Aww. Theo shows up to the party. And Theo's funny no matter what. So there's all these moms there. And he then <laughs> one's like super attractive. And I go, she's single, dude. He goes, yeah. And then it's Theo 10.0, you know. And then, he's, <laughs> and, and he's like, what's up, man? He's, I'm like, we just talked. He's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. And she's like, they don't know he's a comic. And she's like, what? And he goes, I'm, I'm not with him. I'm friends with his kids. I know the kids. I'm not like a pedophile or nothing. And, she's, and they're like, what the fuck? And I was like, Theo, dude. Cut tone, it. Tone it down, dude. Tone it down. They don't know who you are, bro. They think you're like, this is you, dude. You know? So yeah. he's great. Whoa. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the best, man. Is he, uh, is, is, he, is he trying to stay single right now? Or is he focused on his career? What is he? You never know. It's a battle with him. He has demons, man. So you never really? know, Theo. I mean, you know, it's just. I'm a comedy, I guess. Yeah, he, he's just, places. you know. He has he has no issue getting a lady. How, I'll put it that way. How is your uh, relationship with Joe Rogan? Like, is that brother you, from a much older Italian mother? How'd yeah. you get? How'd you guys meet? Uh, he was a commentator for the UFC. He moved to Denver when I was living in Denver, and then uh, him and Brian were really close. Brian and Rogan have known each other for like thirty years, thirty five years. So when I first moved to LA, 
we would go to dinners, and me and Rogan lived close to each other. So Brian, Rogan, some other guys, we'd always go to dinners, and I kept making him laugh, kept making him laugh. And then Rogan had me on his podcast, and I've been, I think, been on his podcast over nine. It's like ninety times now. The most you're the most wow. per ever, ninety yeah. times. Yeah, ninety times. That's a huge compliment, bro. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to put you on, and, and if you're if you're even taking away a smidget. But you must be adding to be his number one guest. Yeah, he's, he's my boy. So then uh, we keep going to dinners, make him laugh. And then he was like, you need to do stand-up, man. And I was like, oh, say less. They didn't know that in my heart I always wanted to do it. And he's like, yeah, do stand-up. Get an act together. You're fucking funny, man. He's like, I'm around professional funny people all the time. You're funny. And I was like, you think? He's like, yes, do, do fucking stand-up. And then I just kept going. You have a good friend group. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, great supporting group. It's awesome to see people that are very successful wanting to uh, make other people successful. It's very weird because this industry does have a lot of people that are like, no, 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 it's me, not you. Rogan started that. So that's the culture I came up in. That's why I pay it for it because Rogan started that with, you know, he'd bring Tom Segura. You look at the people he's brought on the road and made their careers like Tom Segura opened up for Rogan. Joey Diaz. Oh, wow. Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, monsters. Monsters, dude. You know, so he would always put these guys on and have them on his shows. And he was like, what's good for you is good for me. And he just be, built this supportive community, mm. which in comedy, was it's never been done before. Never. Now, and now that he left Very LA, now that he left LA, it's back to the old days. Really? Oh, it's, it's crab mentality now, yeah. No. That's great. And it's probably why he's so successful because he's Correct. lifting everybody up around him. And so he's getting that Correct. blessing and back. And he's doing it in Austin. His club opens, I think, next week. And you wow. know, he's going to be doing the same thing out there. So he does stand up still. Rogan? Yeah. Oh, big time, dude. Yeah, like arenas. Yeah, he does stand what up. What a career, bro. He does more stand up. He does more stand up than anybody you know. Like, name a comic. He does more spots than anybody you know. Really? He's in Austin, I mean, five nights a week if he's not on the road. Like, he constantly does stand up. I mean, Constantly. I would love to go watch him live. Monster. Yeah, go to Austin. He's D- does he, have, he doesn't have a special, though. He has like nine specials, dude. Joe Rogan has <laughs> nine yeah, specials? Has, I think he has three on Netflix right now. When did he... He's been doing stand-up for 30 years, but... Wait, when was his last special, though? Two years ago, probably. Three years ago. Okay. Called Strange Times. So I, I didn't watch anybody, really, until I started getting to stand-up. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to start like observing. No, but you're, you're not like a lot of people, like especially now, he got so big doing the podcast and like, you know, CNN going for him. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's just a podcaster. He's just a UFC analyst. No, like, no, I just see him just, as Joe Rogan, bro. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. has his own brand. He's comic first. He's a comic right. through and through. Yeah, he's been he, doing it 30 he, plus He years. also stood up for people like stealing jokes and like, he, he oh, like yeah. that clip... Bro, when I watched that the clip, Carlos Mencia one. Bro, that's a fucking powerful clip. Yeah, that is a powerful clip because, bro, he risked his career. He got banned from the comedy store for that. Had to have. He did. No, no, he did. And how many, that's Carlos Mencia back at the time, who was the big boy in town. That's what I'm saying, people. When I watch that clip, I'm like, dude, that's like, I'm trying to think of a big, think of a big comedian right now. That's like that'd be like going after Kevin Hart. Exactly, getting on his stage too. And all the comics being like, ooh. But they all Not felt what he me. felt, but he they, they did, were but they didn't speak up because they, he they didn't have the balls that this fucking dude has. They're, they're not cut from the same cloth as Rogan. Though. You're now, talking about he's a I, martial artist, like re- legit tough guy. The rest of these guys are bitches. Oh my god, I forgot he does martial arts too, yeah, bro. Black I thought belt he, and jiu-jitsu, like god. legit black belt. Damn, I just can't even imagine standing up on stage and knowing that you're just telling somebody else's material, like you're just taking. Now, and you know, other people that. know. Imagine you're doing that in the OR, which is super intimate, and then Joe Rogan gets on stage, like, dude, you're stealing people's jokes. Like stuff, yeah. and Good. and that guy's famous him. as shit. That's why he's at where he's at, man. That's wild. But I love you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, 
Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> it was nice Get being out. here. Yeah, um, no, but I really do appreciate you coming on. Of this, course. This anything is, you need, brother. You're a good person. So anything you need, I'm thank here, you, man. Bro, I appreciate However it. I can ever help you, let me know. You guys are going to crush it, man. Can we do a, like a like a little like wrestling thing where you teach me how to like do jujitsu or something? If you want. You just want me to be the big spoon. <laughs> I know. I see nice what's going on. Nice call. He wants a bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> call back. <laughs> thank you so much. You got it, brother. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Do you want to, is there any tours? When's come out? This one comes out two weeks. Uh, two weeks, I'll be in Oklahoma City. I think it's like March 11th through the 14th. I'm in Oklahoma City at Brickstown Comedy Club. I'm in Tacoma and Spokane, Washington. Tickets at thickboy.com. Cool. I'll put the link in the description so you guys can just click in and get your tickets. You're the best, brother. Thank you so Thank much. You Thank you, guys.